Thank you so much, Josh, for joining the We Don't Play podcast show all the way from South Africa. How are you, man? I am very, very well. Happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Ava. Anytime, anytime. I'm so glad that you've been able to join us today and discuss about ClearBrand and give people a perspective about, you know, what it's all about and what they do, you know, what people even do for their own businesses. Because right now with the whole AI spies going on, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm a marketing brand. You get a marketing brand. You get a marketing brand. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's yeah, so absolutely. different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's quite a quite a time, a eh? quite a time with uh, with the way AI is moving into business. Is it a tool? Is it stifling creativity? Is it supporting creativity? Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like a knife. Depends on how you use it. But where it does leave a lot of businesses is, I think, where I was before I kind of found Airbrand myself. I've been a serial entrepreneur. So I know firsthand the anxiety of not knowing the answers with marketing and that anxiety drives business owners to take whatever is in front of them. Somebody pops up and says, I got the answers. I'm going to fix this for you. You know, all that anxiety you have about lead gen. Oh, here we go. It's going to cost you this much. And then for three months, you know, you don't have to think about it. You have to be anxious about it. And then three months later, honeymoon's over, you know, this growth didn't happen or it did, or, you know, then you got to re-engage with it. So what I love about our framework is that it it shows up with the right questions and business owners can then apply that. Uh, Everyone listening, you you can apply this model to your use case and find the answers that are going to work for you because every, you know, there's no one size fits all, right? 100%. That is so true. You know, I would love people to even know about you and Claire Brand. Just tell us a little bit more about how you started. How did you even get into all these, you know, marketing gems? Yeah. So, so it was quite a um, miraculous movement of life. Uh, Kind of, I didn't look for it. It just kind of happened upon me. I've got a background in child protection. So I work uh, Mm -hmm. as an advocate in child protection kind of how it's technologies impacting children's developments and brains and exposure to you know, extreme media and all the social media platforms, all that stuff. And um, I'd always felt this pressure to, well, we always had the desire in that initiative to make that available to parents for free. So I went looking to earn an income somewhere else so that I could really you know, give to that mission in a way that was strategic and made sense and not you know, chasing cash flow. And so I white labeled all the skills that I'd put together, you know, presenting webinars, presenting online content, podcasting, reaching out, looking for deals, speaking in schools, making tech deals with schools on protection software. And I kind of popped up with a business development skill set. And so I wanted to build a website to create a consultancy. And then I found a YouTube video where a marketing guy was talking about the clear brand blueprint template, which is basically a story brand aligned template for building a site. I was like, wow, that's cool. And then I saw that a course called Clear Brand Academy. I was like, wow, I'm gonna do that, that's cool. And there was just a lot of resonance in, you know, the course, the approach, the messaging, how they approach marketing. I reached out to the team, got onto a call with them, and a couple of calls later I joined the team, which is, you know, not gonna be the case for everyone that interacts with Clear Brand. But as I say, the kind of stars aligned and I joined the team. And I've been in business development since then, about six months now, and uh, just loving it. Loving being able to meet people like you, 
help people. Um, there's a big values alignment with myself and Clearbrand that we believe that entrepreneurs change the world. Uh, I live in South Africa and earlier today I was on another pod show, uh, podcast and we had what's called load shedding. So this electricity just cuts off and an entrepreneur had thought of that problem and built some batteries and I had those batteries and so I could be there adding value. So we really believe that entrepreneurs change the world and can't be an entrepreneur without cash flow, revenue, and you need marketing to do that. So that's uh, that's how I ended up where I am. Very happy serving here and really enjoying the clear brand approach and being able to deliver it to people that they can use it to build their businesses. That's amazing. One thing that you mentioned is marketing and I've come to see a lot of business owners or small business entrepreneurs tend to say i just started my business i don't have enough capital to hire an agency mm -hmm. i really don't even need marketing i just need word of mouth because it's been working for the for donkey years what do you tell mm -hmm. what do you tell those kind of people when they tell you those kind of things yes yeah, so i think word of mouth it works for a business for a certain size um you know, Clearbrand started as a story brand, um, and that's a that's a framework made famous by um, StoryBrand.com and uh, building a story brand by Donald Miller, who actually trained our CEO and lead digital strategist uh, about six years ago now. And so, having a brand script, having messaging that is emotional and connects with your customers is vital. So even if you are relying on word of mouth, if you've got the language down in terms of what it is that you do and how customers can understand how to interact with you and the problem that you solve, that's going to help you get more clients anyway. Uh, at a certain stage in a business's life, and these are a lot of the companies we work with, we generally hear the same thing. The CEO, the founder says, I just need to be in the room with someone and we close a sale. So how do you translate that personal drive, that personal passion that an entrepreneur has into a sales engine that can scale so that, you know, the, the founder is able to train sales guys or girls able to train out a marketing team so that, you know, meetings are set up in a systematic way, which is really what we dig into is kind of systems based marketing and, um, so that's what that would be my answer is that that'll work for a while uh, but if you want to build a great company you're going to need to have a clear messaging and you're going to need a system and strategy to get that message out in a way that mirrors or improves the the efficiency that you would have or the effectiveness that you would have as if you were there in the room with the person on a sales call so true so true and you rightfully said it you know based on what i'm also seeing that you know without good marketing you know businesses die and people suffer and when people suffer families it, it's just yeah. a snowball effect that you don't want to be in yeah. and you know thinking about the pandemic you know what happened people got laid off you know, people were thinking, oh, now it's now it, it clicks because everybody kept used to saying it like you don't need to rely on one source of income. Don't rely on one source yeah. of income. But it's like yeah. when when shit hits the fan, you're like, oh, I think yeah. they were right. But you didn't wait or didn't plan ahead yeah. because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So when when a marketing agency comes to you and says, oh, man, we just made this client go viral on TikTok and that's what we're going to do for you. And oh, 
we're not sure if that's going to work. Will it work? And even if it does work, all your leads are coming from one platform that you don't own. Mm. So we, you know, we really want to take as much control as we can of our cash flow. And, you know, lead gen is, is inbound or outbound, depending on where you're focused, is going to be very useful for that. So again, that's why at Clearbrand, we want to swim upstream and we want to get to the source of the question that will lead to these downstream actions that we can so easily get lost in, right? You know, I'm, as I said, as an, as an entrepreneur, you're desperate, you're anxious, I need to grow. And next thing you see a, a video from your, you know, insert marketing guru here, and he says, hey, blogging, you gotta have 50 blogs on your site, otherwise you're not anywhere. We can go get lost for two months writing blogs, and was that the right thing to be doing anyway? So we've got to have that strategy before we get lost in just doing the doing. That is so true. You know, I want us to dive deeper into the Clearbrand marketing framework. And I know you said you have a couple of them that you want us to talk about. So maybe we can touch on each of them and see how it pertains to how it plays a role into people's you know, thinking and into their process as well. Could we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to, man. That's really what we use with our clients ourselves. It's called the Clearbrand Marketing Flywheel. And for anyone that is not kind of engineering based or maybe an outdoorsy person, a flywheel is a very big metallic disc. And basically you push it with a small amount of energy and it gets faster and faster and faster. So this image comes out of a, an amazing author called uh, Jim Collins. He wrote a book, Good to Great to last as well and he studied great companies and what he found was that these consistent small actions lead to cumulative um, growth cumulative uh, responses results that's why we called it a flywheel it has three components and two pillars within each component so i'm going to give you the components we can run the whole way around the flywheel and then we'll dig into as much detail as you'd like now in order for marketing to be successful you have to be building memories, maximizing availability, and reaching the market. That's it. And if you continually do those three actions, of increasing depths of you know, intensity and um, efficiency, effectiveness, you are gonna see revenue growth. So the reason building memories is so important is that across market sectors and this is based on evidence that we've collected as well as a lot of work from uh, an organization called the Urenberg Bass Institute out of Australia, is that only 5% of your market are ready to buy right now. So for the vast majority of your customers, that buying moment is going to happen in the future. And if it's happening in the future, they're going to rely on a memory of you and what you do, the problem you solve, and then they're going to buy from you. So that's why building memories is so important. Of course, you're gonna catch that person in the moment that wants to buy right now, and they see your ad or they engage with your brand and they go, yeah, this is what I need right now, let's buy it. But for the vast majority, it's gonna be in the future. That's why building memories is so important. Mm. I love what you said about that. One, There's a tweet that I saw a couple months back and mm -hmm. it made so much sense. And it was saying that People don't like to be sold to at all. But in the form of marketing and branding, when they need a problem solved, 
and you are the person that has been consistently there, which I'm paraphrasing, you become top of mind and you don't have to make any effort to make that sale convert because yeah. you've done the groundwork and that foundation has been set from the get-go. Yeah, so the, the, the really interesting piece here is that it's actually brain chemistry. It's, it's neural structure, right? So when we build memories in our customers' minds and they encounter a problem in the future, it fires in their brain. And if we have communicated clearly the problem that we solve, and if we are unforgettable, if we are memorable in terms of our distinctiveness, and I'll get into these pillars because we're going to get a real nice um, execution on how to build memories, how to, how to do that. Then that neural pathway, that firing in their brain will actually connect to our business. And they'll go, oh, my, my car's got a flat tire. Oh, hold on, I remember. Um, there's a mechanic on da-da-da, and they're the one with the horse, and I'll call them up, right? So that groundwork you're talking about is literally structure. It's mental real estate in that customer's brain, and then they think of you for the solution to the problem that they are now facing. Um, so I just want to unpack the building memories piece. Yeah. There's two pillars to building memories. The first one is a clear brand story. So this is simply that your customer knows where in their brain to store the information that you share with them in your advert, right? So in your advert, the, the most important thing that you're getting across is what it is that you do. So typically marketing, you know, we want to talk about how great we are as a company and the mission that we're on and the values that, you know, drive us and all of that. And the customer is simply going, what do you solve? What can you do for me? And this gets really overcomplicated. And for example, you know, if you're a mechanic, right? So we can go through a couple of use cases. If you're a mechanic, then, and you had a website, websites say, we fix cars so that you can go, you can get to where you're going. Six month guarantee on our work, whatever it is. I mean, that's the line. So your, your, your customer goes, that's exactly what they do. And then the second pillar of building memories is distinctive design so this is literally your brand asset for what you look like the font your logo your colors it has to look distinct you have to be recognizable and a lot of businesses will focus on differentiation so they'll say well we've got this you know very special thing that makes us unique and we're the only one that has it or maybe our people are a certain way or maybe our product is a certain way that is very special to the customer all of the, your competitors, all of the people that are vying for this customer have something that makes them special. So in that way, they're all the same. The customer won't remember, oh, well, that's what made each of them special. I'm going to choose that one. The customer will go, oh, that one definitely solves my problem. And I remember him when I have this problem, I'm going to call him up. Mm. And and if it works, it works. I mean, there's other components to the, to the flywheel. But th this is the piece on, on building memory. That is big, especially when it comes to memory and retaining that memory because you're consistently on that person's timeline. You know, some brands, the reason why a lot of businesses don't succeed is because they fail and then they don't fail forward. They just fail and they're like, yeah. nobody saw it, then my business is not important. But there are a lot of people who need yeah. your product, but you've not made that messaging clear enough for them to understand and fully be informed about what you're solving. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we want to start with building memories, because 
if we don't have a clear brand story, if we don't have a clear messaging of what we do and distinctive design, it makes all of our downstream marketing efforts less effective, less efficient. So we, we're wasting you know, the marketing waste that we hear about, wasting marketing budget, wasting human resource, wasting time because we're, you know, we're trying to go up to the market with, you know, something that, that isn't recognizable, that isn't really working. It's like trying to go and sail and the sail that you've bought has got all these holes in it. You know, you're still going to move forward in the wind, but you're not catching all the wind. You're not going to go as far or as fast as you can go. So once we've built these solid memories, or at least the foundation of how to do that, then we move into the second component of successful marketing, which is maximizing availability. And this is really about being on the shelf, if you can think about it that way. Either physically, if you're a physical product, or even digitally, if you're a digital product, you need to be easy to find and easy to buy. Those are the two pillars there. So when someone is looking for your category of product or service, are you where they would look? So a great example of this, Apple, Apple iPhone, biggest brand in the world, most recognizable brand. They sell their phones in Walmart. They sell their phones on Verizon. They sell their phones anywhere that you can buy a phone, you can buy an iPhone. And now if they are making their products available anywhere that phones are bought, you should be making your product or service available anywhere that someone might find it, right? Not send me a DM just to get this on Instagram or only available on my website. You need to be available anywhere that people are trying to find you. And then of course, you gotta be easy to buy. You know, as few clicks as possible, super fasting loading site, no friction for that buy, you know? Um, and that's the idea there, being available to everyone that's looking for you. You mentioned something that really triggered a, a question, a thought. When people say exclusively on my website, it's like that's the one and only place you wanna be on for some. But some other people mm -hmm. may say, I want to be everywhere. I want to be in Walmart. I want to be in Target. I want to be on Etsy. I want to be mm -hmm. in my store, you know, because there are different vendors that can take care of those things. But sometimes people don't like that idea of service fees or maintenance fees because mm -hmm. they just want to make sure that they can control their quality or control their inventory. How do you tell those people that are thinking about that or even drop shipping to do those kind of business deals? where there's so much friction in between the processes. Yeah, so there's always going to be limitations. And that's that's where having some area of focus is important. Obviously, you can't get everywhere that at the same time. You got to prioritize where you want to be. Yeah. But we we work with companies that have a long term vision on growth. Right. So they want to they want to be around in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They're not just looking at pure profit. It's not just all about what's going to yield the most money tomorrow. No, this is strategic thinking. So you can grow a great company. And if you want to do that, you've got to be, and now we're into the third ask, the third component of this flywheel, reaching the market. You've got to be um, looking for users all over the place. You know, there's some people that want to buy on Instagram. There's some people that want to buy on a website. There's some people that want to buy on Amazon because that's where their account is set up. There's some people, you know. So mm -hmm. eventually, if you want to really grow a great brand, you're going to need to lean into spaces where you can reach additional users. 
So reaching the market is about getting in front of people that don't know you exist, might even not even know that your category exists. So and we can unpack that a little bit more in a moment, but this maximizing availability piece is also about being where people are looking for you. So if people are looking to buy your dropship product somewhere that you're not listed, you're losing out. You're losing out on those customers. Obviously, you've got to make a strategic decision. If the fees are bad, if the support of some platform is not good, you know, that's them um, not being easy to buy, you know, because you've got to be easy to buy. You've got to be competitively priced. You've got to be, you know, uh, as seamless as possible to get once someone's decided to get into their hand. Does that answer the question? I feel like I rambled there a little bit. No, that was spot on because that also brought a thought to mind whereby when you want to be you know, available, easy to find and easy to buy. One of the areas a lot of people, you know, spend on these days is social media. So, mm-hmm. and some businesses wonder, should I be on one? Should I be on three? Should I be yeah. on all seven or plus more? Cause there's always something out there for them and people don't really know where yeah. their audience hangs out until they do some intelligence reporting. So how does yeah. someone be on social media as a business and focus on something that can bring in that type of income? Yeah, so social media is one of the areas that has the least evidence of return on investment, right? Um, And that's organic, you know, in terms of organic posting and and really just trying to get your brand out there. Obviously, with ads, that's something that you can track much, much, much more effectively. Um, I will definitely put a caveat on here that I'm not our our ad specialist. We've got a guy that just does this, so I'm not going to be able to get too technical. But obviously, ads are great because you get a lot of data that you can start A-B testing on. However, the the piece here is is to not assume that the same strategy will work for every business, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, the key question for maximizing availability is going to go, is going to be where do people go when they are looking for something that I sell? Or even where do people go when they're looking for my category? to buy. So again, we want to swim upstream. So if I sell toothpaste, uh, I want to be thinking about where do people go when they're looking for hygiene products? Where do people go when they're looking to you know, whatever is learn about their mouth or, you know, there's various ways in which you could be found, your product or service can be found. And then once you've done that thinking, then you go, okay, cool. Well then let's set up some proportions on how much we want to spend Facebook, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, I'm not sure selling toothpaste on LinkedIn would work, but um, hey, if there's someone succeeding at that, give me a shot. I'd be interested. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, now when you mention something like that, what brought my mind to this question now is, you know, what's the best way to be remembered by potential customers? Like, how can someone think about you, see for the first time, read your ad, copy, or just Mm -hmm. watch something for 15 seconds and make an informed decision that, yeah, I've been looking for this and I found it. Yeah, I mean, that is, a, that is a great question. There's a couple angles that we can take on it. So the first angle I want to take is using this reach the market idea because you're wanting to get in front of new users. Um, so building connections with uses is, very, is a very good way to get exposed to more customers out there. So I'll give you a great example. If you, if you look at, say, Asana or one of these, you know, I don't know what to use for productivity or monday.com or I think there's uh, teamwork is another one on the website. 
there's all these different uses that they're building connections with, right? This is a great time tracking tool. This is a great, you know, uh, manage all your teams and become more effective. Improve your culture in your business. Um, make sure that you never miss a task. It's the same product, right? They're just using different messaging to attract attention from different users that are looking to use it in a different way. Another great example of this is Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola, you drink it when you are tired, you drink it when you want to relax, you drink it with friends, you drink it on a hot day, even drink it on a cold day because you want to remember Christmas, like a lot of great branding with you know Santa Claus. And so this is an example of a single product that has so many uses, they've built so many connections with uses with this product in our brain that we think about it all the time. Not personally, but a lot of people think about it all the time. And this is what really drives massive revenue. So Coca-Cola receives more than 50% of their revenue from people that buy Coke, buy a Coke one to two times a year, mm. right? This is the power of the market that we have in front of us. But we can't just assume we only want to target certain individuals on this kind of avatar thinking. That is useful if you have a limited budget, but we want to be growing our reach into the, the market as, as much as possible. The question specifically though was about, and just correct me if I've forgotten it by now, uh, you know, how do you connect with a customer? How do you make sure that they are aware of what it is that you're offering and will remember you? Is that kind of a good summary of what you said? Yeah. Okay, so we want to be doing that again. We want to be building memories with them. So emotional messaging is going to be very, very important. In general, consumers are emotional and distracted, not rational. So we can't be leading with figures and facts. Uh, that only lights up about two areas of the brain. We want to be using emotional language and we want to be using story. So at its core, story is just a very simple way of communicating information. We've used it for thousands of years, right? Um, stories would be passed down from you know family to family across the generation for hundreds of thousands of years. And the reason for that is that you always remember what happens next, right? And so we want to use that same framework. And you know it hasn't gone anywhere. It's still used in uh, you know Avengers movies. Every great blockbuster sticks to the three-part story framework and pretty much like clockwork right and so we can use that in our in our marketing as well to to make sure the customers understand what we do connect emotionally with how we can help them you know why we are experts in in providing the solution or product that we have and what their life will be like if they jump on board with us so there, there's some there's some ideas there that's so good that you mentioned this because the next question I wanted to ask is like, how do you get more sales? Because I was watching this TikTok video the other day and they were talking about Chick-fil-A versus McDonald's, how McDonald's has like over 40 plus, I think about 48 products on their listing, while Chick-fil-A yeah. only has 12 and they also close on a Sunday, but they add more revenue and actually do more customer satisfaction than McDonald's. But McDonald's is still available for everyone that needs it. But when you look at the profit margins, Chick-fil-A is doing way more in six days than McDonald's is doing in seven. So if somebody now looks at that business structure and say, okay, I have three products or I have one product, which most mm -hmm. people tend to have, how do they make those sales and increase their profit margin instead of thinking about adding more products to make it feel like I have more things to offer or sell? 
Yeah, so I think one caveat that we always need to be thinking of the broader context when we see any example out there. So for example, you know, Chick-fil-A versus McDonald's, you know, McDonald's has a massive hidden revenue in their in their, their real estate, right? They've got a whole model around real estate. Again, it's not a topic of expertise for myself, but, um, you know, we've got to always understand that if they are as big as they are, they're doing something right. Mm -hmm. So it's not always apples to apples that we're comparing. Your question though was a very, very good one in terms of how do I know what I should be focusing on? Do you know, I try and send out 10 products at different price points? And I think this, this, this speaks to tracking. You have to be tracking in your business. You have to be aware of what is selling. So some companies will say, well, our mission is to sell um, only to, you know, this is the, what we want to be known as in the market. And this is the product that we want to be known as. Maybe you're a, maybe you're a sports shoe a seller, but you want to be known as a running expert as a shoe brand. And it turns out your most casual one is bringing in 80% of your revenue. You've got to follow the market. You've got to lean into that product and use it to grow other products. So, you know, if you're selling five products and only one of them is getting, you know, great revenue, great cash flow for the business, you need to lean into that. You need to understand why it is working and then you need to iterate on it. You need to make sure that you can leverage that to grow the business in other directions that you see opportunity. Um, you know, we do a lot of A-B testing and we had a client with a website and we did an A-B test on the call to action, right? And we found that a green button, I believe it was, or it was, you know, basically was a color that wasn't in their brand style at all. We just do a bunch of testing and, and they didn't like the color and they were not sure about it. And then we said, well, listen, do you want to increase your conversions by 25% on your call to action? Or do you want to keep the color that you chose with your designer uh, a couple of years ago? No, like, no, 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 we'll change the color. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to be responding to what the market is saying about our products. And of course, if we're limited in, in our marketing budget or in our seed capital, we've got to be strategic about how many ships we push out. Um, Jim Collins has a great uh, perspective on this. He's got a concept called fire bullets and then cannonballs. So we fire out 10 bullets and we see which one hits the target. And then we turn the cannonball, you know, the cannon towards that bullet trajectory. And then we load up a cannon and shoot it out. Mm. So, um, I mean, I, there's no, there's no perfect answer there, but at least some things uh, to think about. That's a great point you mentioned because color psychology is really what makes those conversion rates go up or down, especially when you think about a mm -hmm. click through rate. And like you mentioned, when you mentioned green, I also tried this thing too, where green versus orange, and it's like orange is a color of buying, but green is also kind of in the motion of go. So people kind of, <laughs> and then red is like, I don't want to buy it. And when people highlight a text, it just, it's like that whole thing of saying, oh, I was today years old when I realized that I shouldn't be using red text instead of blue text. Because even when you're back in school, when you get a, your, your professor doing red um, pens on you, it's kind of like, uh-uh, something's wrong. But when you see blue, it's more like, okay, it's calm. It doesn't really alert. It doesn't really strike that nerve. So if you think about that motion and somebody that's thinking about a sales funnel, how best should they practice this and know which one to pick first based on what they've already been seeing? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm going to tie this into into an idea that is a very helpful one to think about, and it it it, it relates to the reaching the market because that's at the core of this. We want to reach. We want to choose the color that the most people are going to click on. Right. We yeah. we want to. We don't only want you know males between the age of 30 to 33. Um, who work in financial institutions, that's the only people we want to sell to. No, no, no. We want to sell to anyone that wants to buy. So I'll tell you a little story before I kind of give you something to think about on, on the answer to your question. If you think of Harley Davidson, right, this motorcycle brand, global brand, can you, what would you describe to me as the typical, like, avatar, if we use that language, the avatar of a, of a, a Harley Davidson rider? What, is that, what does a Harley Davidson rider look like? That's a great question. I think when I see it, it's like a rough rider. Yeah. Yeah. Rough rider, tattoos, yeah. biker jacket, torn jeans, big beard, maybe some chains hanging around somewhere, right? Right. So that, that customer profile, that demographic accounts for 3.5% of Holly Davidson's revenue. 3.5. So that means that the vast majority of Harley Davidson riders or buyers are moms and dads, are you know beauticians, counselors, uh, coaches, doctors, lawyers, and so this idea that we know about the market, we have to let that go. We have to let go of the assumptions that even your example of like, okay, when I was in school, red was the color of bad marking. I'm not going to choose red. You are just one little human in a massive global market, but we don't know. That's the answer to your question. We don't know until we start testing, until we start sending out A-B tests and getting the data back and dialing it in. Hey, maybe red in Russia means definitely the best thing to click on. Maybe red in China means no, I don't want to click on that. So we've we've got to do the testing before we come to the answer. and. You know, often that's not the answer that people want. They want to know, just tell me the answer so I can stop thinking about it. But the answer to your question is you've got to ask more questions and you've got to track data. You've got to do the hard work uh, and, and then you'll know. I love that answer. It's also like an SEO thing like we talk about with our agency. It depends <laughs> because guys are yeah, like... it depends. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It depends. <laughs> And people get so wild up about it because they're like, yeah. just give yeah. me the answer. But it's like, yeah. it's not a one size fits all strategy, you know? Yeah. But I think the moment people realize that it's 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 what works for them that works for the people, then they can stop thinking about what works for everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. We know sometimes to explain that it depends idea to... Potential clients, or, or just to help them get on board with our, our approach to systems-based marketing, I say, well, listen. Imagine there were two people that went to a casino because there's risk involved in marketing. You know, there's if someone is guaranteeing you something, I'll be curious about about that. Um, you know, there is risk involved, um, even though we use terms like investment and return on investment. But imagine there's two guys that go to a casino. The first guy does a handbrake turn in with a Lamborghini, jumps out, he's in board shorts with like a Hawaiian T-shirt runs into the, the roulette table and just 10 grand on black, right? Sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't win. He always talks about the times that he does win and he's never betting with his own money, right? There's that marketing agency. 
And then there's the other marketing agency, which kind of like us and probably kind of like you with this whole, it depends. And that guy walks in, he's got a tie on, he's got a briefcase, he's got, maybe he's got spectacles, got a calculator, he sits down at the you know, blackjack table, sits there for six, seven hours. You know, he knows the statistics on every hand and he comes out with a healthy profit, right? And, and that's the kind of guy that, that we are, that we want to partner with, um, that, we want, that we want our clients to understand they're partnering. You know, slow and steady. We're building systems here. We're gonna. We're not gonna get pushed to and fro by the the, the turbulence in the market. You know, everyone's talking about TikTok. God, oh, I run out and go make a hundred TikToks. Like, well, there's gonna be a new thing. There's gonna be a new thing. So, what are the systems, strategies that underlie that are at the bedrock of business growth? That's what we want to lean in, and that's what you do with the Clear Brand Marketing Highwheel of Building Memories, Maximizing Availability. I love that with maximum availability, and this flywheel, I think, is going to definitely give people a starting point to think about their business and ask those hard questions that will give mm-hmm. them those easy answers that's going to allow their revenue flow over time and have different yeah. ver- verticals that increase their profitability and also just make sure that they're not focusing on the avatar per se, but the people, because it's a human mm-hmm. to human relationship, not a bot to spider, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. So that, that was yeah. definitely helpful. And I'm so glad you're able to give us this insight today, which has definitely opened up people's minds. And I'm sure they will definitely rewind this to listen more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a such a lovely thing to meet you. And yeah, looking forward to coming back and answering any other questions you have. And just uh, wish you a massively successful year and all the listeners. 2023, lots of hard work. It will be curveballs. And uh, yeah, may everyone have a, a wonderful year. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, if anybody wants to connect with you or, you know, get in touch with you, what are the options they have available? So we've got three different ways in which we interact with our customers. Again, leaning into our own strategy of we've got to be available to anyone depending on, on budget, depending on where they're at, their business. So we've got a, a done for you service, which is basically we take over all marketing to your company. Um, and then we've got a done with you service. So we will train you, give you the training systems and support to deliver as if you were one of our clients. So we train your in-house team. We also train marketing agencies. And then we've got a complete DIY do-it-yourself option. And all of those you can check out at clearbrand.com. And if you just hunt around on that site in the menu at the top right, check out the Academy, check out our Amplify program. And if you want to set a sales call and you want us to take care of your marketing, there's a right foot form that you can check out as well. Or just email us, hello at clearbrand.com. Wow. Thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate this. And for those who are also looking for this information, please find it in the show notes as usual. And you'll definitely be able to click on it, which, of course, is considered as a backlink for you, um, for the business. Mm -hmm. And that allows people to find you faster, which also increases that domain authority over time. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Till we meet again. God bless. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you soon.